You made it. You've arrived. This is Peter Levitan's Advertising Stories. And you're about to hear entertaining, personal, often instructive stories from deep inside the world of advertising. Welcome to Advertising Stories. This is Peter Levitan. You like advertising stories? This is a big story. At least it was a big story. So big, it made it to the front page of the New York Times. You're about to hear how Nabisco fired its advertising agency, Saatchi & Saatchi, overnight for the work the agency had done for Northwest Airlines, a completely unrelated client. One day, the agency had the $80 million Nabisco account that included iconic brands like Oreos, Chips Ahoy, and Lifesavers, and the next day, poof, Nabisco was gone. Saatchi's executive creative director, Patrick Peduto, and I worked on Northwest. Here is the unique and, at the time, very, very painful story about Northwest and Nabisco. Oh, and the really nice folks at RJR. I am here today with two people, Pat Peduto, also known as Patrick Peduto. Which is it? Well, I always, I, when I got into advertising, I was known as Pat Peduto, but I, had to ch- I changed it to Patrick when I got an invitation from the... Uh, Women's Advertising Club of America to be a member. So, you know, it gets into the, is Pat a man or a woman? So basically, so I wouldn't keep getting that kind of mail. I just started going by Patrick. See, it shows how old you are that uh, we had to worry about gender specific names. Right. Well, you know, that could be a whole other pod. You know, I think that advertising has always been at the forefront of many, many movements and pre the movements, which I think has a lot to do with what's happening today, which I personally just feel that uh, we're winding up apologizing for something that is is probably necessary to apologize. But I'm not sure it's really our industry per se was one of the ones that was contributing to the problem. Well, we won't go there today, as you said, but (laughs) let me tell you where we will go. We're going to go into the past. I have a New York Times front page article in front of me. I think it's one of the few, if ever, times an advertising story made it to the front page. And the headline of this story is, Cigarette Maker Cuts Off Agency That Made Smoking Ban TV Ads. So why don't you tell me a little bit about how you got involved in that, and I'll talk about how I did, and we'll tie all the pieces together, and we'll sit back because you and I did not lose the $80 million account. We helped to lose the $80 million account, uh, and I guess if there's any good news in this story, you and I did not get laid off while some of our good friends did. So how would you like to start this one? Well... Well, as creative people are really driven by the work they do and the recognition. I mean, frankly, we most of us don't do it for the money other than the fact that we have to pay our bills. Uh, and that New York, that front page New York Times article with a with a frame out of the commercial was probably the first time there was a television commercial frame on the front page of New York Times. It it was beneath the fold, but it was on the front page. And of course, uh, I loved that. But then I had this incredible guilt that somehow something we had done, we had been asked to do, and we did a really good job on, 
wound up costing the, about 40 jobs in the agency. And 40 people, yes, you and I didn't get fired, uh, but 40 people did. And probably people, and people got blindsided. They got fired not for anything that they, they did or didn't do. And it was probably somebody in the mail room and somebody as uh, probably a guard and probably some junior somebody somewhere. But, but the uh, 40 jobs were lost because of the billing that was lost. And so I, I didn't really get to celebrate. Uh, it would have been obnoxious to celebrate the fact that I had a commercial on the front page of the New York Times. And I had tremendous guilt about the fact, I didn't lose the jobs, but we had a client that was, that was a bully. And then the thing that was really horrible, it wasn't even our client, it was, it was a, our client was Nabisco. We didn't have any R.J. Reynolds. We didn't have any cigarette products, uh, but the uh, but the cigarette company owned Nabisco. And what I heard, creative people don't always know the, what's really happening or why. Um, but what I had heard is that they were pissed because they had been blindsided by it. They also became first aware of it when it ran. And uh, it must have spread like fire in the, you know, in the Carolinas the, the, the minute that commercial ran. And I'm sure the phone calls back and forth between themselves and every other tobacco company, they must have been outraged. Now, of course, they knew that the, that the industry was going to have to do that in two weeks' time anyway. But uh, what I was told is they were annoyed that their, one of their agencies didn't give them a heads up on it. And what I had also been told is the management director, who was the management director, if that was his title, you know, big agencies have so many titles, it's hard to keep track of who's who. Anyway, he's a big shot. He was the big shot on Nabisco and on Northwest Airlines. And he had been told by Northwest Airlines that he couldn't tell anybody and that it was on a need to know basis. And, you know, given that directive, another client didn't need to know. So, um, so for just out of ruthlessness, and uh, we'll teach you, uh, the, the tobacco company said, screw it, we're taking that account out of there. And by doing that, 40 people lost their jobs. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a business. It's a merciless business. It really is. It's not personal. It's just business. And you know, for creative people, I hate that when somebody says, well, you know, Pat, it's not personal, it's just business. And I say, yeah, screw you. You bet your ass it's personal. You know, it affects me. It, in this case, it affected 40 people. 40 people had to go home and tell their spouse and their kids that, hey, I don't have a job. You know, so anyway, that was that side of it. On the other side of it, it was, uh, it was an interesting project when we got it. I, I had heard you and I talked about this a little bit pre this, but I had heard that R.J. Reynolds had come to us and said, said, let's do this now. We're going to have to do it anyway, and then maybe we can own it. And what I recently found out from you was it really was instigated by the agency, and in particular by you, because you worked on Northwest Airlines and you got chance and you were working with them all the time. And it really now that makes more sense to me because it really was a marketing, the marketing concept of if you're the first to do something, you own it. 
and uh, and here we, by by two weeks you could own the idea that that uh, we're eliminating smoking as a health hazard on all our domestic flights. It was a it was a really strong, powerful marketing thing to do. So that filled in the gaps for me. And as you have said, you and I in conversations, I've said to you, creative people don't always know what's happening or why. Some of that is, I've always said, you know, sometimes the creative people are treated like children and, you know, they, I'm sort of on a need to know basis. We don't want to upset them. And I, and I'll tell you as a creative person that that's a practical matter because a lot of times the creative people act like children. So uh, I'm sure I did. Well, I know I did. But well, I, I, was, I was well aware <laughs> of your sixth degree black belt in Taekwondo. <laughs> so there were, I have to admit, at times that I might have held some things back from you. Uh, so, <laughs> let me give you the strategic side of this, because, of course, the sad ending was losing Nabisco. And, and just for people to want to understand what we lost, um, that was a very large account, $80 million dollars. Nabisco was owned by R.J. Reynolds, which is a tobacco company. Very, they were very separate, but nonetheless, they were owned by R.J. Reynolds. Uh, not tobacco companies at that time were not necessarily uh, a very sweet group of people. Uh, but nonetheless, the kinds of brands that we lost were Lifesavers, Oreos, Chips Ahoy, Carefree Chewing Gum, Bubble Yum, and more. So these are significant products that are woven into the American culture. These are major products oreos yeah, th you, yeah these are state these are staples of the culture i mean yeah. these are freezer brands that a big agency loves to have never mind the billing i mean just these are prestigious brands and it's it's flattering if nothing else to be given one of these brands and we yeah. had lots of them well cool if you know you go home to thanksgiving and people say what do you work on and you say oreos and everybody gets it so to take us just back uh, a few weeks, because this thing happened really quickly, I was very fortunate, and these were, I will say, the good old days of advertising, when the advertising people, some people at the agency, were invited to high-level meetings. And in, as was in many cases, I essentially represented the consumer in their business meetings. They would ask me, uh, you know, can we serve peanut butter and jelly on a morning flight? Uh, can we start to serve champagne on flights to Asia? Those would be simple questions. Then one day they said, well, we're going to have an interesting in issue and opportunity. I said, what's that? It, all airlines at a certain point in time are going to have to stop smoking on, on flights less than two hours. And the way Northwest Airlines, our client, was constructed, they had many feeder flights of under two hours. So it would really affect them. And I did one of those things that you do where I, I heard the news, no smoking. I looked up in, into the ceiling. I thought of something. I opened it up to the meeting and I said, well, can't we be the first no smoking airline in the United States? And a couple of guys said, well, well, no, everyone's going to do it. And I said, well, why can't we do it two weeks before everyone and create an ad and make an announcement and own that? Northwest did not have a lot to own. They had older planes older systems. They didn't look as good as, uh, on a lot of flights as a United or American that had new airplanes. So people said, yeah, that sounds cool. I mean, we're not doing it. We're not breaking the law. We're just following the law, but we're accelerating the launch. 
And so that was the genesis. And like a good account guy, I took it back to the agency, created a creative brief. Uh, I certainly did not at all think about any um, effect on RJR because I didn't never thought of RJR. They, they just happened to be the parent company of Nabisco. Just as a side, we did have a cigarette account, Lorillard, and apparently they knew about it but didn't say anything. And they were a direct wow. client. So it was a complicated world for senior management of, of which I was not a member, but I did have to make my pitch to senior management. And they said, fine, we're friends with Lorillard. They completely forgot about RJR. And so wow. getting the call one day from RJR that says, we're really pissed off, we're pulling the Bisco, we're taking $80 million of your business away next week, was dramatic. And as we discussed, dramatic enough to have to go uh, on the front page of the New York Times. Yeah, it was amazing. I forgot it was 80 million. I think that my 40 people losing their job might even be the wrong number. I think that, as I recall, every million dollars of billing or every million and a half of billing, one of those figures was a person. Yeah. Um, so it probably was closer to 80 people lost their jobs. Now, I'm going to throw a little story in just at the end because it's a, uh, just, you should, let's just say this is a story about clients behaving badly. A couple of years later, uh, Northwest hired a new marketing director and all advertising agencies know when you get a new marketing director, uh, you might lose the business. And the guy uh, is, was Chris Clouser. I'm willing to name him. Often in these kinds of situations, we don't name names, but his name was Chris Clouser. And just to put icing on this, and we'll move on to other things, I was at an Effie Award. That's the award for effective advertising. It's an award agencies love to get because it says that not only did the creative work, but the strategy worked, and we grew the business. There were numbers associated. ROI. And at the, I think it was at Hilton, at the table, we had two gold effies in front of us for a campaign Pat and I did called the Asia Series, very smart campaign. And uh, Chris leans over to me and he says, I'm going to be taking the uh, uh, count away from you and giving it to Jay Walter Thompson. So get, just visualize the scene. I've just won awards. <laughs> I'm with this new guy and he fires me at the table. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure there's some uh, man, woman, woman, man, woman, woman kind of sexual relationship analogy here. You know, <laughs> like when you're getting, there are bad times to fire people. One of them is not in an award ceremony. Uh, and in fact, just, just to keep it going for a second, he did fire us. And one of the reasons was we were getting 15% on commission. He went to Jay Walter at 6%. I knew that the jig was up for the advertising industry at that point. It was 1990. Go, losing the 15% commission cut the good old days off at the balls. And a couple of years later, when I was working in London on other business, one of the Northwest Airlines marketing executives asked me out for a drink. I said, great, good to see you. Haven't seen you for a while. I said, how's it going with Jay Waller Thompson? She said, well, they don't treat us as well. And I said, well, you know what? It's a great agency. You don't treat them very well either. You cut their, <laughs> uh, you cut their fee in half. So guess what, client? You get what you pay for. That was Pat and Patrick Peduto on the Nabisco debacle. Check out the show notes if you want to see the $80 million no smoking commercial 
and the New York Times front page story. Since Pat's career spanned multiple ad agencies, work for over 200 famous brands, lots of awards, membership in the Directors Guild, a black belt, and his book, I am going to talk to Pat about his instructive career in an upcoming episode of Advertising Stories. In the meantime, subscribe to Advertising Stories, tell your advertising friends about us, and please review us on Apple Podcasts. This is really important to me. It'll make me feel really good. I want to thank my friends Bobby Axelrod, Margot Robbie, and Rick Rubin for helping to produce this episode. Come back to Advertising Stories to hear <laughs> yeah, uh, more Advertising Stories. Talk to you soon.